You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the, the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know, that crap like that. You know, all this stuff that's contaminated America where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring Little League anymore. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braden. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And again, flying solo, but don't worry, I got a great guest lined up. It's going to add. Some great conversation on this podcast. I got my buddy Jake Wimberly of ESPN 105.9 out of the state of Mississippi. One of the best out there. And he also has uh, his own college football site, the CFB Hourglass. So go check that out. Follow Jake at Jake Wim on Twitter. But before we get to that, I got to give you guys the latest Texas, Oklahoma news. But even before that... Five-star quarterback, Arch Manning. We've avoided talking about him. He's still got two years of high school. Trying not to get caught in all the hype. Let this kid live his life. But old Arch Manning, if you missed it, surprise commitment here. The five-star from Louisiana has announced his college commitment. Here I am with uh, Arch Manning. He's fixed to let us know where he's decided to go to school. Uh, Arch, what does it look like? In two years. I think I've uh, decided I'm 100% going to Mississippi State. All right, okay, of course. That's a joke. That was really put out there. Arch Manning did not commit. Again, I'll say again, definitely did not commit to Mississippi State. And now's a great time to share again as I keep plugging the YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you get to see that he's smiling when he said it. And even better, the only reason I even brought this up, because old Eli Manning... You know, Peyton's the jokester in the family, but Eli's not far behind. He shared a great tweet. He, he's the one that tweeted this video out there. Here's what Eli, old Eli had to say. This is the definition of fake news. <laughs> Again, sorry if uh, caused anyone to have a heart attack. Don't run off the road here. Arch Manning's recruitment still alive and well for the five-star quarterback from Louisiana. All right, enough of the shenanigans. Real news here. On Tuesday, Texas, Oklahoma. This expansion is happening so rapidly. Both 
the Longhorns and the Sooners in a joint statement have applied for membership into the SEC. My goodness. Now their statement, it's important to note here, says they want to be included in the SEC on July 1, 2025. That's caught a lot of attention, 2025. What's up with that? Greg Sankey, for the first time, kind of commenting on this news. He has issued his own statement. I'll read it for you here quickly. It's a short one. While the SEC has not proactively sought new members, we will pursue significant change when there is clear consensus among our members. In Sankey's statement here, he notes the SEC did not seek out new members. They're going to vote on it here this week on Thursday. They only need 11 of the 14 members to include Texas and Oklahoma. And again, that vote's coming on Thursday. It's going to be 14-0. to zero. Texas and Oklahoma will officially be not in the SEC, I guess you could say, but on their way to the SEC officially by Thursday, Friday at the latest. Now, we'll go back to that 2025, why that's important. Don't freak out with that. It's not going to take four years to get Texas and Oklahoma playing SEC football. They're going to be in a lot sooner than that. The key point there in Sankey's statement, they did not pursue Texas and Oklahoma, and this is all goes back to contracts. Texas and Oklahoma are going to get out of their contract with the Big 12, but if the SEC is out here publicly acknowledging that uh, they pursued them, they're essentially stealing the Big 12's top two programs in Texas and Oklahoma until their lawyers figure out a way out of their deal or you know, find a way to come to an agreement, whether it's uh, the number's been floated out there, $76 million per school. Hell, even if that's the figure, Texas and Oklahoma will pay that because they're going to make a boatload of money in the SEC once they get into the league. And here's the key. I know some people think, why would the Big 12 let, and it's not, you're not necessarily letting Texas and Oklahoma walk out the door because you're going to be getting paid handsomely for it. But here's the real deal. And we'll get to these uh, interesting comments here from Dan Patrick on Tuesday, but there's so much movement behind the scenes. If the Big 12 is going to hold firm to Texas and Oklahoma till 2025, they are essentially saying the rest of college football move on without us because they know Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. They might as well get their money. And if they sit on their hands and don't actively pursue all these other schools, they're going to get left behind. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, the ACC, they're all planning their moves right now. It's a game of chicken. Who moves first? And the Big 12 simply cannot afford to sit on its hands for four years, they may not exist at all, but if they don't make moves, they're for sure gone. So don't get tripped up by that 2025 date. Texas and Oklahoma, we don't know when it'll be. Not guaranteeing it's going to be 2022 just because a couple of people have reported it. But 2022, 2023, those are the realistic timelines for Texas and Oklahoma. And I hope that, uh, you know, the sooner the better. The, the longer we draw out this process, it's not good for anybody it's not going to be great for those two schools, those two fan bases, when they're eyeing the SEC, yet they're not in it. 
while the Big 12 is sitting there and it's crumbling on itself. I mean, just imagine what it's going to be like for these players and these coaches at Texas and Oklahoma going on these road trips this year in the Big 12. It may get ugly. So uh, let's hope it doesn't. But, I mean, that's going to be a reality. Who knows what, what the hell is going to happen out there. So this is going to happen before you know it. And uh, that's given Shane and I the idea. We plan on hitting the road at some point, hitting up Austin, hitting up Norman, seeing what's out there in the new SEC schools. And, hey, we got to credit our guy Joey Freshwater Jr. (laughs) Trolling Cousin Shane here with a Brad Pitt meme. Any memes you guys got at us, send it to us. We'll throw it up on the YouTube page. That's where it's at now. So uh, if you're missing the little inside joke there, head on over to our YouTube page to check it out. But uh, let's kick it over to uh, Dan Patrick. You know, these are very interesting comments he made on his radio show on Tuesday. Sounds like the same guy that uh, gave him the heads up that the Big Ten was canceling their season. Remember, Dan Patrick was the one that broke all that news. Same guy saying Big Ten, Pac-12, trying to get a merger here. And uh, it's kind of hilarious. He adds Notre Dame and all these academic schools, they want no part of the SEC. I've been mentioning that I had some uh, college football news, and uh, this is from one of my college football sources. And I wanted to know what was kind of going on, get his feelings on on things, since he was instrumental in giving me some information on the Big Ten last year, uh, the Pac-12, when the Big Ten uh, and Pac-12 were shutting down football, and everybody said that I was wrong. And I said, nope, I'm right. And uh, he said, stick with it, you're right. And uh, he gave me some information here. He said, there's a good chance the Big Ten and Pac-12 will try to create some type of merger to preserve their Rose Bowl contract. Notre Dame, he believes, is meeting on Wednesday to discuss what they're going to do, that the ACC seems like it makes sense, but that Notre Dame wouldn't join the ACC if these teams merge with the SEC. And... Then my source said, the dilemma right now is academic schools want nothing to do with the SEC. Virginia, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Duke, and Georgia Tech want nothing to do with the SEC because of the academics. Well, the good news is the SEC does not want those nerds anyway. <laughs> so it all worked out. I mean, that's uh, that's like the, the hot girl in, in school. You know, she doesn't want to have anything to do with you. So like you weren't into her because you knew – there's no chance in hell she likes you. Well, that's the scenario here with all these uh, nerd schools, even Notre Dame. They want no part of these damn Virginia, Northwestern, Wake Forest. Give me a break. They had nothing. That would uh, hurt the SEC's bottom line, not help it. So, uh, you know, it's pretty convenient for him to throw this out there. But the reality is there's no chance in hell the SEC. You know, you hear Jay Billis out there, you know, all credit to him. I mean, he's he does a great job, I think. But he's throwing out a merger between the ACC and the the SEC, well, I think that's because he's trying to hope that uh, Duke stays alive here. So, I don't know. We'll see where this all plays out, but I don't see any kind of uh, these middle-tier ACC programs getting any crack at the SEC. So, I just found it hilarious that, uh, you know, they're floating out there that they're not interested in the SEC. Give me a break on that one. All right, so now let's uh, let's kick it over to our interview. My buddy Jake Wimberly. 
host of the afternoon drive on ESPN 105.9 out of the state of Mississippi, talking the uh, the big topics here in the SEC and how it's going to affect Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So I think you guys are really going to like this one. Well, we're pleased now to be joined by Jake Wimberly, the best radio host out of the state of Mississippi. He's the host of the afternoon drive from 3 to 6 on ESPN Radio 105.9. And you got to give him a follow on Twitter, at Jake Wim. How you doing, Jake? Michael, doing good, my man. I appreciate you uh, having me on. It's uh, exciting times in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, how about it, man? I mean, so what's your overall reaction when you heard the news, Texas and Oklahoma? I mean, it's uh, all but a done deal at this point, but uh, what's your take on this huge expansion news? Well, you know, like everybody else, when the whole news broke at SEC Media Days uh, and the, the news hit the Houston Chronicle, I, I think I was taken back like everybody else, wondering was it real, and then, you know, we realized pretty quickly that it was real. And after looking back over everything uh, and kind of reexamining the week that was, I, I really believe, and, and then finding out, by the way, that Oklahoma and Texas – uh, this kind of thing had been in the hopper for, you know, since December, a little over six months. I felt like that the entire week was planned to drive it this way. When you look at Greg Fankey's comments, and I'm paraphrasing his opening comments, so statements about reform and doing things differently and having to, you know, kind of re- rethink the way the NCAA was doing things. And then you look at the announcement out of the Houston Chronicle, and then you get into the SEC network dropping an infograph on 14 pod and schedule information, which I felt was really odd coming off the television network of the conference. Uh, I felt like that might have come out of the conference office, maybe. And then you look at Peter Burns talking about imagining, uh, you know, a, a different Saturday like the NFL where, you know, you had a television deal that could drive more traffic. And so, Michael, it seems like, you know, while we've looked at it and we felt like at some point conference expansion was going to happen and the super conference, it looks like this may be an even bigger deal um, than even just a super conference. It looks like the SEC is here to not only, again, dominate college sports, but to take over and to make this thing look totally a, a total transformation of college football. Now, do you think this is the beginning of the end for the uh, NCAA? And we're looking at, you know, of course, the SEC, I guess we're going to call it a super conference now, but do you think there'll be other super conferences that are formed? You would have to think that it is the beginning of the end of the NCAA. Now, I, you know, I don't know what that means for Division Two. For Division Three, the NAIA, and, and conferences of, in, in, you know, teams of, that, of those statures. But yeah, I would have to think, you know, Jay Billis made a comment this week that uh, he felt like the ACC should reach out to the SEC and, you know, begin the conversations of a super conference. So you have to start wondering if you kind of put reading the tea leaves. Um, of course, it's, it's very interesting to have Oklahoma and Texas into the conference. And what does that mean for, you know, Alabama and Georgia and then teams like Mississippi State and Ole Miss and Tennessee? to play those games annually, to go to Austin, to go to you know, have an opportunity as fans to go to Norman, Oklahoma, a trip that most of us have never made. Um, but then you start looking at, well, what if somebody like the ACC does reach out? And then you look at maybe possibly the Big Ten with their AAU affiliation, you know, the university affiliation, the accreditation that they, they uh, kind of hang their hat on, plus uh, their affiliation with the Rose Bowl and the Pac-12. Are we starting to see this thing shift into – I hate to say an AFC NFC line, you know, form, kind of a lineup or formation, so to speak, but it sure looks like the wheels are starting to turn where you could possibly imagine, as Peter Burns, that's his words, not mine, um, you know, a, a conference where you have the ACC and the SEC on one side, possibly the Big Ten and the Pac 12 and some, you know, former fashion on the other side. 
and it's an AFC-NFC type deal where you play in the college football playoff, and then your Super Bowl is the college football playoff championship. Now, what do you think this expansion does for uh, the two schools in your state there, Ole Miss and Mississippi State? Do you think this uh, overall helps those programs, maybe makes it a little bit easier to recruit out of the state of Texas, or uh, just what's your overall thoughts on, on how those two teams fit into this uh, 16-team league that we're about to see in the SEC? Well, I mean, you know, I, I've said this before, and I say it to our audience all the time. Thank your lucky stars if you're a Mississippi State and Ole Miss fan that you, you uh, are pretty much charter members of the Southeastern Conference, because if not, and this is no disrespect to Southern Miss, you're basically Southern Miss. But Mississippi State and Ole Miss are obviously in the SEC. Now, from the football standpoint, it does somewhat bury Mississippi State and Ole Miss at another level, so to speak, because they don't recruit at the same level as Texas or Oklahoma. doesn't mean they can't be competitive. I think if you matched Oklahoma up with State and Ole Miss this year, that would be pretty much like playing Alabama. Now, Texas would be more in play. I know we've talked before on your show about the Arkansas game coming up. That's going to be fun. Arkansas, I think, was a legitimate chance to beat Texas. I think State and Ole Miss could be competitive in those games. Uh, Ole Miss very well could beat Texas this year. But on a given year, I think football-wise, it, it, it buries them a, a level deeper. But on other sports, I mean, for instance, Mississippi State just won the national championship in baseball. Uh, again, and played Texas three times in, in the College World Series. So, you know, I think they can be competitive with Texas and Oklahoma on most sports. But football, until they recruit uh, at a higher level, I think it, it drops Mississippi State even another tier and Ole Miss possibly in the Southeastern Conference in football. What's the reaction you're hearing from, uh, you know, the callers from your show there on the afternoon drive? I mean, are, the, are Mississippi State and, and Ole Miss fans, are they fired up about this? Or, or are they feeling kind of what you're saying there where they may have just been dropped a level? I think most people are pretty excited about it. You know, I think the fact that you're in a conference and you, you know that you've pretty much got a safeguard and that you've got ties to the SEC money, which means you're going to have, you know, nice stadiums and facilities and things of that nature. And then, of course, you wrap in the NIL. We'll see how that, you know, is factored into in Oxford and Starkville. I think you've got to have a, a high-impact player that to, to have a, a big deal on that. That's another story for another day. But most people seem to be excited and interested in the fact, you know, to have a, a team like Oklahoma and to have a program like Texas. So, you know, overall, I would say the response has been pretty positive, to be honest with you. Um, and, and most people talking about Texas and Oklahoma, I think most people are more worried about playing Oklahoma than they are Texas. Texas, as we know, they, there's a rebuild there. Uh, they recruited at a high level, but Steve Sarkeesian's got his work cut out for him. I don't think most people fear Texas like they do, say, Oklahoma in football. Now, we've all thrown out, uh, you know, projections of how the SEC's going to look with this 16 team. Is is there an option that's your favor, whether it's the four divisions or pods or anything like that? How do you think they're going to break up the SEC? Do you think it'll, they'll keep it east and west? What's what's your preferred method? I like the pod system. I just think it, it makes sense when you're talking about, uh, you, you know, having an opportunity to play more teams. Uh, to really get this thing more regionalized, you know, and I've seen some stuff that you put out there, which I really love, and some other people. Yeah, I'd like the pod system, maybe cut the season back one game to 11 games to where you're playing basically a semifinal round in the SEC uh, the last week of the season. Uh, you know, that determines basically the two teams that play in the, in the conference championship game. So I, I, en I envision the pod system more so than the East-West format. Mm -hmm. Some people have even said just do away with the conference divisions totally. I don't think that you can do that because then you get into, you know, a scheduling mechanism of, of strength of schedule. And what if you have two teams that are tied? I think you've got to go somewhere at least division, but I prefer the pod system over the, over the two divisions. Which one do you prefer? 
Yeah, I'm all in on the pods, man. I've been I'm going a deep dive, and uh, you know, you may lose a rivalry here or there, but uh, the way I have it breaking down, I think Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, and Arkansas in their own pod. Now, I think maybe you could argue Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Uh, is, is there a preferred pod that you would think for uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State teams that you, you'd you want those two to play annually at all costs? Yeah, I think you got to try to keep some of the natural rivalries intact, if, if at all possible, and I think that they will do that. Egg Bowl being one, Iron Bowl being the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia, Auburn, I think, you know, obviously the Red River shootout, you've got to be able to – our rivalry, you've got to be able to play that game. I think you bring back Texas, Texas A&M. So, yeah, I think a system uh, or a pod system where, you know, State and Ole Miss are either in the same pod or at least they're on the same side of pod. Uh, That's where I would have to lean because I think you have to keep most of those natural rivalries in place inside the conference. Now, you hit on, uh, you know, how competitive Oklahoma could be in the SEC, and you do a lot of work not just uh, covering the SEC but all of college football. Go and check out Jake's site, cfbhourglass.com. What can you tell us about Texas? Because I'm surprised so many people are looking here and saying, oh, my God, the SEC adding the Longhorns. Uh, I mean, I've been saying it, and I don't think it's that that bold of a take to say that Texas, if they were in the SEC West right now, they may be the seventh, eighth best team in in that division. What are your thoughts on uh, what do your numbers say about you know, Texas, and uh, yeah, we know they got all the talent in the world, but they just never seem to put it together. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think you nailed it. I, actually, we played, had a segment today, fun, you know, kind of fun with numbers. We, we, we took Oklahoma and matched them against Alabama's schedule and then turned around and did Texas and did the same thing if they were playing Alabama's schedule this year. And, you know, Oklahoma would project to be an 11-win team probably, uh, where Texas is going to be more of a 7- or 8-win team. And, and, and depending on the matchup, it could be a 6- a, a or 7-win team. So, I think Texas has got a lot of work to do. Uh, there seems to be uh, a level of toughness where Texas doesn't have, where typically they used to have, uh, especially along the line of scrimmages, you know, line of scrimmage and then in the trenches. So, you know, for me, Oklahoma, I think, fits much better in the SEC right now than Texas. Uh, and I, I would dare say that Texas A&M is, out, is, is more out in front, uh, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, from a developmental standpoint than where Texas is right now. I think Texas A&M is out in front more so than Texas right now. Hey, Jake, one thing I really wanted to ask you, you put out your whims winner for anybody that missed it, 10 for 10. Jake loves sharing the uh, Back to the Future almanac there, and he gives out his picks. <laughs> but yes. Three picks uh, stood out to me here, all SEC-related. Missouri, their over-unders at seven. You like the under. Why do you like Missouri in the under? I just I look at their schedule and, you know, a game with Boston College uh, and, you know, you look at some some of the matchups in the SEC having to play road game, I believe, at Kentucky. I, I just think it's going to be really hard. And, and remember when you project win totals at that those hook games, a lot of times, six and a half, five and a half, seven and a half. Um, those that Vegas throws that hook in there. It gets really tricky. I, I think that when you look at Missouri, although they've got a nice quarterback coming back, I think Drinkwitz is a nice coach. I just feel like they're more in line with a six-win team, maybe even a five-win team this year, because there's several, several one-possession ball games on their schedule. They would have to win just about every one of them, and it's about four of them on that schedule when you're talking about games that are toss-up games. I, I just, I feel like that's too much for Missouri to overcome on that win total. Now LSU, you got your one of your picks is over. Their win total eight and a half. How in the world does a, a team this loaded have an eight and a five win total? 
You know, I think I think there's still even at Vegas I, I, in Vegas. I think there's a lot of people that still doubt Ed Orgeron. And, it, you know, oddly, you know, a guy that has won a national championship and, and we know his record at LSU is extremely good. And I still think people doubt Ed Orgeron. And I think this is a year where, again, we know you, Michael, you know what they've got coming back. I think believe you picked them to win the West on my show. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got, a, you know, a really nice quarterback combination there with Max Johnson and Miles Brennan, whoever wins that battle. They're loaded in the skill set position offensively. Defensively, they're going to be really good. So I, I just still think there's people out there that doubt Ed Orgeron and doubt his ability to, to you know, identify coaches that can coach with him. But I really like this team. And I, to me, that's a slam dunk going. And if they can stay healthy, I think LSU slam dunks eight and a half on, on the Vegas total. Mm-hmm. Last one here, Georgia, 10 and a half. That's a high number. You like the over, so do I. Why do you like the Bulldogs and – is this the year they finally, if they do face Alabama in that title game, is this the year they finally slay that demon? You know, I, I think that it is that year. Uh, you look at Georgia, Kirby Smart finally got a quarterback, JT Daniels. is a high-level player. Uh, you, you've got uh, a tight end transfer in from LSU that should be eligible, that's going to be, you know, pound for pound, uh, an extremely hard matchup each and every week. Offensive front's going to be really good. This team is loaded. We know that. It's just – the schedule sets up well. They, they're an underdog against Clemson week one. I feel like the wrong team's favorite in that game. Personally, if I was playing that game, I would even bet money line Georgia wins outright uh, or take the points. So the schedule sets up after that to, to really have a big year. Um, I like this team. I think Kirby Smart has learned from you know, a lot of lessons over the years. We'll see if that does transpire. I've got Georgia winning the SEC. I've got them playing Oklahoma for the national championship this year. I, I like Georgia over 10 and a half. There you go. You just gained you some Bulldog followers. He's uh, Jake Wimberly. Give him a follow at Jake Wim. And check out uh, the Afternoon Drive ESPN Radio 105.9. I really appreciate you, Jake. Thanks for joining the show. Michael, thanks so much. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it. All right, so just want to thank Jake once again for hopping on the line and providing some conversation here so it's not just me here talking to myself and laughing at my own jokes. So really appreciate you, Jake for hopping on the line. And again, you can give him a follow at Jake Wim. He does a ton of great content, not only on his website, CFB Hourglass, but on Twitter and on the radio. He's a must follow for all SEC fans. But uh, hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. Appreciate each and every one of you hanging out. And uh, hey, if you made it this far, of course, don't forget, give us that five-star written review. We'll send you a beer koozie free of charge just for doing that. Just send those reviews on over to that SEC podcast at gmail.com. And again, don't forget to check us out on YouTube. That thing's blowing up. We are doing about 100,000 views per month at the current rate, and we're going to video soon. So uh, hopefully you guys will uh, not be sh- stunned at uh, what we look like, but uh, <laughs> hey, it's coming. So be prepared. We're prepared. We're setting up. We're getting ready getting helmets in the mail uh, my little pod studio here i'm very excited to share that when that's done i think you guys are really going to get a kick out of it so again appreciate each and every one of you catch you on the next one